Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the case of Alicia Fox in Detroit, Michigan. Let's get right to it. June 5th, 2014 was supposed to be a big day for six-year-old Kayla Hunter. According to her Aunt Christine, as she spoke to Local 4 News Detroit, it was a big day for Kayla's entire family. Everyone was excited and looking forward to watching little Kayla walk across the stage to graduate kindergarten at Bradford Academy in Southfield. But perhaps no one was as stoked as her mom, Alicia Fox. She'd been preparing for this moment and couldn't wait to celebrate with Kayla and her family. She had a custom cap and gown made. She'd invited everyone to join and watch her baby girl meet the first of many academic milestones in her life. The family's excitement quickly turned to panic after they arrived at the elementary school and realized that neither Alicia or Kayla were at the graduation. They knew there was no way Alicia would have missed this. Not a chance. So they began to search. They headed straight over to the home Alicia shared with her husband, daughter Kayla, and eight-month-old son Christian, hoping for some sort of explanation. Maybe Alicia had somehow overslept her alarm, maybe Kayla had gotten sick, car trouble, or any number of possibilities. The house was located in the 1800 block of Ardmore Street, near West Seven Mile Road and the Lodge Freeway in Detroit. When they arrived, everything was oddly quiet. There was no car in the driveway and no sign of Alicia, the children, or the family dog, a white pit bull. Christine noticed that a window was open, so she peered in to see if there was any clue as to where they could have gone. She recalled to the outlet, I could see only into the window in the kitchen, where you can see the dining room and part of the living area, where she usually has her pictures and coffee table. It was empty. There was nothing there besides a bottle of bleach in the kitchen. The family contacted police and began to ask Alicia's neighbors if they had seen anything. 
According to MLive, one neighbor reported that the house had plumbing problems and the family was in the process of moving. It was hard for Alicia's family to believe that she would just up and leave without telling them, but the part of the house they could see was empty. Obviously, this left them confused, with more questions than answers. If she had moved, where had she moved to, and why wouldn't she have told them? This wasn't like her. Nothing was making any sense. Police arrived and let Christine and other family members enter the house to search with them. Once inside, it was clear that not only was the living room and kitchen area empty, but the entire house, and it had recently been cleaned from top to bottom with bleach. This was the home of a family of four, yet there wasn't a dresser, a stitch of clothing, family pictures, or anything. According to Christine, she checked the house next door, which was vacant, and found another bottle of bleach in the living room. Initially, police didn't seem to take things very seriously. It appeared that they believed this family had packed up and moved away, notifying no one, not Alicia's mother or sister, both of whom she was very close with, and not even Kevin Hunter, who was Kayla's biological father and the family member who filed the official missing persons report on June 6, 2014. Former Detroit Police Chief James Craig stated at the time to click on Detroit. The mother packed up and left her residence with her children, and so at that point, it hadn't become an emergency situation. But family and friends didn't buy it. You see, they knew that Alicia had been having some issues in her short marriage to Aaron Justice. The pair had been married only four months, but in a relationship for quite a while. Neighbors reported that the couple had lived at the home on Ardmore Street for roughly a year. And Justice was the father of eight-month-old Christian. But it wasn't newlywed bliss. According to some reports, Alicia believed her new husband was cheating on her. And Aaron Justice had a history of violence towards women and a criminal record for drugs and weapons offenses. Alicia's family wasn't about to sit on their thumbs and wait for police to take action. So they continued to canvass the neighborhood themselves, talking to neighbors and hanging up flyers. And it wasn't long before they found something. Not too far from Alicia's home in a church donation bin, they discovered all of Alicia's clothing, candles, and pictures of her children. They were more convinced that something bad had happened. I mean, even if Alicia had up and left, she would have needed some clothes. And the pictures of her children? Kayla and Christian were her world. She never would have just discarded precious family photos in a donation bin. The family pieced together the last time any of them had heard from Alicia or the kids. And for many of them, it was the same. They had all gathered for a family barbecue on May 24th at a relative's house. Alicia seemed like her normal self, happy to be there celebrating with her family and her two children. There was no indication that anything was seriously wrong. A neighbor reported seeing a U-Haul truck at the house on May 27th or May 28th, and he assumed they were moving out. Kayla's father, Kevin, had received a text message appearing to come from Alicia on June 3rd. It's unclear from reporting exactly what the message said. But after finding Alicia's home empty and thinking back, Kevin didn't believe the message sounded like Alicia. 
And that was it. No one had heard from her since, and the last time she and the kids had been seen physically was on May 24th. It had nearly been two weeks. While no one had heard from Alicia or the kids, her husband Aaron Justice had been seen. According to the Charlie Project, most notably in a Wayne County courtroom on June 2nd, 2014, where he pled guilty to several traffic violations. Days ticked on and turned to weeks, and the family pressed forward with their search. They put pressure on the Detroit police to take Alicia's case more seriously. And on Monday, June 10th, 2014, they did upgrading the missing persons case from basically a want-to-locate status to what they called a serious missing persons alert for both Alicia and the kids. But it wouldn't be police officers who found Alicia Fox anyway. Just hours after the missing persons report was upgraded, according to USA Today, Alicia's uncle, Michael Fields, was out with other family members, passing out missing flyers, as they had been from the moment Alicia and the kids vanished. When they received an anonymous tip that Alicia might have been in a boarded-up home on Penrod Street, just seven miles away from where she had last been seen. So her uncle Michael and several more family members headed over to that home to look. Nothing could have prepared them for what they were about to discover. As Michael made it into the abandoned home on Penrod, he was overwhelmed with a foul odor. He followed the smell down into the basement. Once in the basement, he saw a door lying on top of bulging blankets wrapped in a tarp. He pulled back the blankets and saw the body of his 27-year-old niece, Alicia Fox. Sobbing, he recalled to USA Today, From the gruesomeness of the crime scene, it must have taken someone with a whole lot of heart to do what they did to her. When I saw that, I knew I was looking at a crime scene. She was right there. She was right there under a rotten door. Alicia's sister Christine would later state to Click on Detroit that they knew it was Alicia because she was wearing a custom outfit one of her uncles had made for her, including her favorite pair of purple basketball shorts. They had found Alicia, but where were the children? The family notified officials and searched the house frantically for Kayla and Christian, but there was no sign of them. Officers responded, and the following day, what Alicia's friends and family already knew was announced. The body found was positively identified as Alicia Fox. June 11th was a heartbreaking and busy day for investigators and Alicia's family. All in the span of 24 hours, autopsy results were released, a second search of the family home was conducted, and Aaron Justice was located. The medical examiner released his findings and confirmed something else Alicia's family already knew. She had been murdered. According to the Wayne County Medical Examiner's Office, Alicia suffered six gunshot wounds to her head, chest, right arm, and left leg and they believed her time of death was between May 25th and May 27th. According to the Charlie Project, investigators would later discover that around the same time they believed Alicia was murdered, Aaron Justice had rented a U-Haul truck on May 27th and drove 300 miles, never leaving the Detroit area, in two days, returning the truck on May 29th. As I said before, he had been spotted in the U-Haul at the family home on Ardmore, but investigators learned something else. 
According to MLive, the tip that had led Alicia's family to that abandoned home off Penrod was that Aaron Justice had been spotted in the U-Haul, backed up to that abandoned house around midnight on Memorial Day. Witnesses would report that he was acting strange and walking around the neighborhood asking people for a hammer. At first, neighbors just thought he was either moving into that house or maybe he was a scrapper, breaking in to steal whatever he could find of value. But after hearing that a woman and two children were missing, the midnight run to an abandoned house and the need for a hammer was looking a lot more suspicious than just some misdemeanor breaking and entering. According to Detroit CBS Local, a more extensive search of Alicia's prior home on Ardmore Street was conducted the same day. As police and crime scene investigators combed through the home and dug in the backyard, dozens of people, including Alicia's family, friends, and community members, gathered together outside the crime scene tape and formed a prayer circle, praying for the safe return of Christian and Kayla. Investigators found no sign of the children, but they did find a bullet lodged in a wall and blood spatter evidence on the bedroom ceiling. And with that, investigators had not one, but at least two crime scenes on their hands. Police revealed that they were looking for Alicia's burgundy Chevy Impala with Michigan plates. But perhaps the most shocking news to be released that June 11th day was that Alicia's estranged husband, Aaron Maurice Justice had been located over a thousand miles away in Atlanta, Georgia. And he was all alone. Neither Kayla or Christian were located with him. According to AJC.com, Justice was booked in the Fulton County Jail, charged by the FBI with being a fugitive from justice. Aaron Justice willingly spoke to detectives in Georgia, but would not reveal the location of the two children. Detroit Police Chief James Craig held a press conference and announced that his investigators were on their way to Atlanta to interview him themselves and that they were seeking a murder charge in connection with his wife's death. That second interview with Detroit investigators took place. Justice again denied his involvement in his wife's murder and once again wouldn't say where his eight-month-old son and Alicia's six-year-old daughter were. He was charged with first-degree murder. He was to be extradited back to Wayne County to face his charges, but it took time because he fought his extradition. As the prosecutor's office began making the necessary moves to get him back in their jurisdiction, another arrest was made. 27-year-old childhood friend of Aaron Justice, Timothy Bernard Jones, was arrested and charged with accessory after the fact. Evidence tampering and concealing a death were added later. And while it appeared the cat had Justice's tongue, his buddy Timothy had been talking the ears off detectives, but claimed he didn't know the answer to the one question everyone desperately needed to know. Where were the children? Hey y'all, if you're like me, then you love trying new teas. Sweet tea is a staple in my house, but sometimes drinking the same old tea gets boring and you just need to spice things up a little. Man, am I glad I found Plum Deluxe Teas. From bold black teas, relaxing herbal blends, dessert teas, 
or fun floral flavors, there's a delicious tea for everyone. Every loose leaf tea is hand blended fresh using only the best ingredients. Plum Deluxe Teas is a family owned business. Everything is made and shipped from Portland, Oregon, and many of the ingredients are locally sourced. There's no soy, no dairy, no gluten, and no hidden sugars. They are the only tea subscription where you can specify ingredient allergies and get no caffeine. I mean, I'm going to worry about you a little bit if you ditch the caffeine, but it is an option. There are too many flavors for me to list, but I've not tasted a flavor I didn't like. And my absolute favorite thing is their honey dust. What is honey dust, you ask? It's a magical combination of dried, pulverized raw honey and raw cane sugar that dissolves quickly into hot or cold beverages. You can even sprinkle it onto baked goods. Never again will I be stuck with unsweet tea or viciously trying to stir in some artificial sweetener loaded with chemicals that just won't dissolve. So, what are you waiting for? Visit plumdeluxe.com listen and use code LOT to save 12% on your first order today. Tea also makes a great gift. Once again, that's plumdeluxe.com slash listen, code L-O-T. On June 19, 2014, a white pit bull was found running loose on West End and Vanderbilt in Detroit. It had strangulation marks around its neck and cigarette burns on its face and chest. Eventually, it was identified as Alicia's dog. Family and friends revealed that this dog was loyal to Alicia and very protective of Kayla and Christian. So how did it end up tortured and roaming free in a neighborhood? Many speculated that Aaron Justice may have sold it to be bred or used for fighting. The dog was picked up by the Southwest Animal Group, given vet care, and placed in a foster home. As detectives continued to piece together what they had of the puzzle, Alicia's family, along with the family of Kayla's father, Kevin Hunter, searched tirelessly for the children. Multiple searches were conducted by the family, along with volunteers from the community, who brought dogs, search experience, whatever resources they had. Detroit CBS Local reported on one search of Rouge Park, the largest park in the city. A park that was searched for days after the family received a tip that the children might be there. I just want to point out that again, the family received and acted upon the tips coming in. Alicia's cousin Brenda spoke to WWJ News Radio 950 at the search and said, We've already been here, but we're here again and we're going to continue to search until we find our babies. After numerous volunteer searches, the community began to question officials as to why an Amber Alert had not been issued at any point in the investigation, and why now, after Alicia had been found murdered, her husband had been found without the children, and her car had not yet been recovered, there was still no Amber Alert. Detroit police chief at the time, James Craig, and a spokesman for the Michigan State Police said six-year-old Kayla Hunter and eight-month-old Christian Justice did not fit any of the four criteria needed to issue an Amber Alert. 
While the criteria for an Amber Alert varies from state to state, for Michigan, according to state police, an Amber Alert is only issued when an endangered missing person under 17 years of age is reported to law enforcement and one or more of the following circumstances exist. The child suffers from a severe mental or physical disability that greatly impairs the child's ability to care for him or herself. The child is a victim of a stranger or acquaintance kidnapping. Stranger kidnapping is defined as a child being taken against his or her will by a stranger. Acquaintance kidnapping is defined as a child being taken against his or her will by an acquaintance of the child or the child's family. The child is in the company of a person who has a confirmed criminal history of child abuse, neglect, sexual assault, domestic assault, a crime involving the victimization of children, or has made statements of intent to harm the missing child or is suicidal. Or finally, the child has been abducted by a non-custodial parent whose parental rights have been terminated. Endangered missing person under 17 years of age? Check. Unable to care for themselves? Check. In the custody of a person with a criminal history of domestic assault? Check. Not to mention the fact that Justice was not six-year-old Kayla's father. So whole bunch of checks on acquaintance kidnapping in her case. I may be really bad at math, but things just aren't adding up here. Nevertheless, an Amber Alert was not issued despite pleas from the public and the family. According to the Charlie Project, Alicia Chevy Impala was recovered at a junkyard in Taylor, Michigan. And it had been sold to that junkyard by none other than Aaron Justice, before he hopped on that flight to Georgia. By the time investigators recovered the car, it had been stripped of everything of value, and unfortunately, any evidence. Searches for the children continued, as Aaron Justice and Timothy Jones sat in jail awaiting their respective court dates, both entering pleas of not guilty. But that would change pretty quickly. In May of 2015, Timothy Jones took a deal and pled guilty to being an accessory after the fact to a felony. He would only face five years in prison. But he agreed to testify against Aaron Justice. And let's just say the things Timothy Jones would testify to were damning. During a hearing, Jones testified that not only had he helped his childhood friend dispose of Alicia's body, Aaron Justice had confessed to him exactly what had happened. According to Timothy Jones, it all started on Memorial Day, May 25, 2014, when he got a phone call from Justice asking him to help him find car keys. When he arrived at the house on Ardmore Street, Justice was looking for the keys to Alicia's car. And that's when things got serious. Jones noticed three bullet holes in the wall and Justice handed him gloves to put on. Aaron Justice told him that he had killed his wife Alicia because, quote, she was trying to leave. She was trying to escape. And further, he said when they were arguing, he blacked out and when he came to, he was shooting. Jones suggested to Justice that maybe Alicia had the keys with her since she was trying to get away. He led Jones up into the attic where Alicia's body was lying wrapped in blankets. 
Justice removed Alicia's body from the attic, laid her down in the same room where her eight-month-old infant was strapped in a stroller. They searched her body for keys, and then Jones helped him place Alicia back in the attic. It's unclear from reporting exactly where the keys were located, but it appears that at some point they were. Jones testified that he had witnessed Justice in possession of a 40 caliber pistol. And at one point, Justice had asked him if he thought he could get away with it. He said on the stand that both children were alive when he left the home. Six-year-old Kayla was playing in the front yard, and baby Christian was strapped in that stroller. He stated once again that he had no knowledge of the current whereabouts of the children and that his only involvement in the crime was moving Alicia's body. Well, that and the fact that he had taken a cigarette box containing eight shell casings from the home and later disposed of them in two separate sewer drains. Jones initially agreed to help Justice sell the murder weapon, but apparently thought twice about it and decided not to. He claimed that Justice called him at least 10 times over the next few days, but he rejected all the calls. And for all his help in disposing of crucial evidence and not calling the police to report a murder or that two innocent children were in the custody of a murderer, what did Timothy Jones get out of the deal? Cartier sunglasses, an expensive watch, and the promise of money in the future. The safety and welfare of two children meant less to him than a pair of designer sunglasses that he wouldn't even be able to wear in prison. Of course, Jones claimed that's not why he didn't come forward. He said he was fearful that he too would be killed by justice. I mean shit. With friends like that, who needs enemies? The evidence against Aaron Justice was mounting quickly so it made about as much sense as tits on a turtle when on June 7, 2015, prosecutors offered up another plea deal, this time to Aaron Justice himself. If he'd plead guilty to second-degree murder and a couple of gun charges, they'd take the automatic life sentence that comes with first degree off the table, and he'd be looking at between 45 to 80 years in prison eligible for parole when he was in his 70s. Justice rejected the initial offer, so they offered again, and again, and again, and he rejected each and every time. That was until September 4, 2015, days before his trial was set to start. And he actually initially rejected that offer as well, but then changed his mind an hour later and took the deal. And this little deal they made with the devil didn't include justice revealing the location of Kayla and Christian. As you can imagine, this was devastating to Alicia's family as well as Kevin Hunter's. In fact, the entire community was outraged. Two children were still missing, and prosecutors cut a deal with the man who held the key to where they were. Timothy Jones would ultimately spend less than five years in prison for his involvement and has since been released. Alicia's mother, Trevay Fox, spoke out at his sentencing. She said, They will reap what they sow. I can go on and on and stand here, but it all ends in one perfect sentence. 
he left my grandchildren's safety in the arms of a murderer after he saw my daughter's lifeless body lying there. Jones did express some sort of remorse, but the same cannot be said for Aaron Justice, who sat through each court proceeding emotionless and spineless as a sea cucumber and looking twice as stupid. On September 22, 2015, Aaron Maurice Justice was sentenced to 47 to 82 years for the murder of Alicia Fox. Alicia's mother, Trevay, addressed the man who had murdered her daughter and the court once again, tears streaming down her face as she spoke. And we say the words of the Lord, how terrible it will be for the wicked. Disaster is headed their way because what they said and what they did by their hands will be repaid to them. The Lord's word stands, and they both will reap what they sow. Over the years, Alicia's family has fought to keep Kayla and Christian's faces in the news, refusing to give up hope that they will be reunited, believing that someone out there has information that will lead them to Alicia's children. Alicia's sister Christine spoke out to click on Detroit. Christine said she believed the children are still alive and that Aaron Justice has family or friends somewhere helping him hide them, stating, The reason I believe that is because we have recovered all of Alicia's belongings, clothes, personal items, all of that. We have not found one item of the kids, not their bedroom furniture, their clothes, toys, anything. He took all of it. Trevay spoke to the Detroit News and revealed that there is no closure for her family, not even in the death of her daughter. And the family cannot even give Alicia a proper memorial without knowing where Kayla and Christian are. Telling the outlet, we had a private service among family, but we didn't hold one that is official. I wanted my grandchildren to be there. Where are Kayla and Christian? Someone out there knows something, and it's beyond time to come forward. Kayla Nevea Hunter was six years old when she was last seen in the 1800 block of Ardmore Street in Detroit, Michigan. She's described as a black female with black hair and brown eyes, approximately 4 foot 5 inches and 65 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She has a small dark mark on her cheek. Kayla would be 14 years old today. Christian Dewan Justice was just eight months old when he disappeared. He's described as a black male with black hair and brown eyes, approximately two foot tall and 17 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He would be seven years old. A Facebook page called Bring Home Kayla and Christian has been set up by the family. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. If you have any information regarding Kayla Hunter and Christian Justice, please contact the FBI at 313-965-2323 or submit a tip online. You may also contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 1-800-843-5678. There's a $3,000 reward for information. One more thing before we go. If you or someone you know are caught in an abusive relationship, please don't suffer in silence. Resources and help are available 24-7 at thehotline.org. 
You can also reach them by phone at 1-800-799-SAFE or text the word START to 88788 to be connected to help instantly. As always, you can find more information on this case or any of the others I've covered on my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because I'll be bringing you an all new case next week. I'm happy to announce that I have finally officially launched my Patreon. You can get all of your episodes ad-free just the way you like them for just $2 a month. And as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Head on over to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. I'll also post a link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.